Uh, I'm a little nervous, okay, because it's been like two weeks since I've done a normal show. We covered some House oversight hearings. We covered the Cary Lake trial. But for the most part, it was just me live streaming and allowing, uh, you know, Cary Lake to do the work for me, you know. So we're going to actually cover some news stories. And I'm a little nervous. I feel rusty. But we got Kevin Seawall in the chat, Suzette, I, Lion Up 3. So the gang's all here. And we're ready to go. And we got some big, big stories to cover. Uh, We have a massive, major story uh, from Arizona about a new battle between corrupt Katie Hobbs and Sonny Borelli. You may have seen this. It just broke this morning. Uh, But the backstory here is that Katie Hobbs vetoed an election integrity bill that was passed in the Arizona Senate. And this bill sought to ban the Dominion machines in the state of Arizona. And of course, uh, just like every other election integrity bill that's come across Katie Hobbs' desk, she vetoed it. Of course, because she loves the Dominion machines. They helped her get elected, right? And she's funded by George Soros, who, uh, despite what the mainstream media will tell you, has ties to Dominion. Um, But now, Sonny Borelli is using a... Uh, I, I like a like I don't know what to call it. He's using basically he's trying to override the veto of Katie Hobbs and Senate Bill 1074. So this morning he sent a letter to all 15 counties in Arizona, citing that the legislature has plenary authority over federal elections and claimed that the bill 1074 is in effect regardless of Katie Hobbs' veto and demanded that they ditch all voting equipment for the 2024 election. So this is a huge development for Arizona, and uh, it's a little confusing what this means and how it will play out. But um, if it's successful, it could mean a return to paper ballots for the 2024 election, or at the very least, it would require uh, Dominion, Dominion to become extremely transparent, and heighten their security in order to get into compliance with the Department of Defense standards on critical infrastructure. Now, I know that sounds a little confusing, but we'll get into the details. But uh, something tells me this is not going to go down that easy. (laughs) I have a hard time believing that basically a strongly worded letter (laughs) is enough to get Maricopa County to ditch the voting equipment, which they love so much. But Sonny Borelli does make a strong case as to why the legislature does, in fact, have this authority. And if this makes it into a courtroom, which I think it will, it could really shake things up a bit. So we'll discuss that in a moment. We're also going to talk about John Paulos, the CEO of Dominion, predicting that Dominion goes belly up and goes to zero because of all you election deniers out there. Uh, He told Time Magazine that despite this recent settlement with Fox News for $787 million, he predicts that the company will go to zero and eventually be completely wiped out of existence. Now, uh, I would caution you to not start celebrating just yet, because I think there's something much more nefarious at foot here that a lot of people just aren't quite realizing. Uh, First of all, this makes no sense whatsoever. You know, Fox News, $787 million is uh, apparently 12 times their annual revenue. Okay, so from a business perspective, no reasonable person could possibly conclude that with all this new capital, they could possibly be on their last legs. You got 12 years worth of revenue 
from this one settlement and you have like five more pending. You would think that this would be the high point of Dominion's career, right? It, you know, so something else is going on here. Uh, and it's hard to say exactly what it is, but I think I have an idea or several ideas, several theories, and I'm going to share those with you in just a minute. And finally, we're going to talk about Trump's new uh, defamation lawsuit with Was- the Washington Post for $3.78 billion, which is more than Dominion's defamation suit against Fox News. So Trump's after that Dominion money, baby. And of course, I'm rooting for him. Uh, this signals Trump is still fighting back against the deranged Mockingbird media. And we've got the full scoop on this new filing against the Washington Post. Now, before we get into all that, be sure to smash that rumble button, baby, and check out nicklovesgold.com because there's never been a better time to diversify and protect your retirement with gold and silver. I mean, we have massive inflation, rising costs, rising interest rates. Our nation is $31 trillion in debt, not to mention there's a huge standoff over the debt ceiling, which could result in a default on our debt and a, you know, a massive recession, despite the fact that we're already in one. You got countries ditching the dollar. Needless to say, the future is looking very uncertain in terms of the economy, and millions of Americans have already watched their retirement savings disappear. So don't wait until it's too late. If you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, then head to nicklovesgold.com and find out how you can use an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to, to your retirement savings. Visit nicklovesgold.com to get your free gold IRA kit. Protect your savings and you could get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it. Gold Co. has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of customer reviews, and they've already helped place over $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008, so don't wait. Visit nicklovesgold.com. That's nicklovesgold.com. All right, now let's get right into it. So, again, we're going to talk about Arizona first. So, like I said, the Arizona Senate, they attempted to pass a bill. It was uh, Senate Bill 1074, which would effectively ban all of the voting equipment in Arizona. Now, the reason they tried to pass this bill is because they stated that the voting equipment is out of compliance with federal standards for cybersecurity. In fact, I'm going to pull up the the text of this bill because it's actually very short. So this bill um, would demand that electronic equipment meet the standards set by the United States Department of Defense regarding cybersecurity, that all parts of the electronic equipment are manufactured in the United States, all source code for the equipment, must be submitted to and maintained on file by the Auditor General on request by the legislature or a county board of supervisors, county recorder, or other officer in charge of elections. The Auditor General shall release to the requesting party the source codes for the electronic equipment for the purposes of verifying that the electronic equipment is operating properly and in compliance with any contract requirements. So, as you can see, this is a bill that seeks to strengthen the security of elections and also uh, demand require transparency from Dominion. It's not a bill to necessarily ban the machines, but it's a bill that would uh, require the voting equipment used in Arizona to adhere to certain standards, right? Which the, Domin- the Dominion machines do not currently meet those standards. They have foreign parts from China, They're easily hackable. 
The source code is kept secret. Um, and so the the machines don't meet the standards set by the Department of uh, Defense. Now, obviously, George Soros funded Katie Hobbs and uh, the former Secretary of State. She loves the Dominion machines that helped rig the election for her. So, of course, she vetoed this bill. But now, Sonny Borelli is attempting to override her veto by claiming that the legislature has plenary power over federal elections and critical infrastructure per the Constitution and based on a decision from the Supreme Court. Now, I have this letter here. Oops, let me pull that up. And I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. So, Arizona Senate Majority Leader Sonny Borelli is notifying all county board of supervisors within the state of Arizona via letter today that they must first and foremost prioritize protecting national security during any future elections. So this is not retroactive. This would apply to the 2024 election. Back in 2017, the U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security issued a statement clearly designating election infrastructure as critical infrastructure, which means these electronic systems must have safeguards in place to prevent any attacks which threaten our national security. And as we've talked about many times on this show, that was the Obama administration just before Trump assumed the White House uh, based on the Russia collusion hoax, they designated uh, voting equipment as critical infrastructure. And so, uh, reading on, this this session, the Senate passed legislation that would have uh, fulfilled federal government requirements to protect critical elections infrastructure. However, Senate Bill 1074 was vetoed by the governor. Therefore, with the passage of Senate Concurrent Resolution 1037, by the legislature and its transmission to the Secretary of State. The legislature is exercising our plenary authority to see that no electronic voting systems in the state of Arizona are used as the primary method for conducting, counting, tabulating, or verifying federal elections unless those systems meet necessary standards of protection. Quote, the federal government has made it very clear that elections equipment is considered a target by those who want to threaten the safety and security of our country. Uh, we have long ignored this elephant in the room by allowing a electronic voting systems made with parts produced in countries considered adversaries to the United States to be used as the primary method for conducting our elections. It is in our state's and nation's best interest that we comply with implementation of security measures to protect our republic. Okay, so... Um, now, again, of course, this is just a letter. It's a resolution, but effectively, it's a resolution. Uh, effectively, it's a strongly worded letter, okay? So, this is definitely... You know, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Doomer here, but... Uh, this is definitely going to be blatantly ignored by Maricopa County and most of the other counties as well. But what would be interesting is if some of the Republican-controlled counties actually comply with this resolution while Maricopa County defies it. You know, and then you would have a rift in the state of Arizona. And that would be very interesting. Now, obviously, it would end up in court. So, what I think is going to happen here is either Borelli is going to file a lawsuit and try to force compliance or Katie Hobbs is going, or maybe one of the county's board of supervisors, uh, 
somebody's going to file a lawsuit, you know, and challenge the Senate's authority to do this. And Katie Hobbs, she's obviously going to argue separation of power and say the legislature doesn't have the authority to override her veto. But it's abundantly clear that the legislature does have plenary authority over federal elections per the Constitution. I mean, that's why the Arizona Senate won in court when they subpoenaed the 2020 election evidence. The judge says they have the plenary power, um, right, to conduct an investigation. But as far as overriding the governor's veto, that's another story, and that's going to require another court decision. Okay, so, but but here's the thing, and this is my hopium. Uh, taking this all the way to the Supreme Court and getting an opinion could be a game changer. You know, the fact that Katie Hobbs and, and all these corrupt governors think they can just veto election bills that are passed by the legislature is completely unconstitutional. And so I'm hoping that this does end up in court and actually sets a precedent. And uh, I'm probably being way, way overly optimistic here. Uh, But I guess, you know, there's a chance that, you know, a judge could side with the Senate, and that would mean a total uh, ban of the Dominion machines, or at the very least, force Dominion to, to, you know, disclose their source code and uh, adhere, stop making damn voting machines with Chinese parts and whatnot. And all of that would at least strengthen the security of elections going forward. So this could be big, but it could also just be a performative letter. You know, it, it's it's one thing. It's kind of like, you know, as I've called out Wendy Rogers recently, Wendy Rogers, the chair of the, the election committee in Arizona, she has the power to issue a subpoena for the ballot, mail-in ballot affidavits in Arizona, right? She has the authority. All it would require is for her to, you know, draft the subpoena and get a signature from Warren Peterson. But instead of doing that, she does this performative thing and posts it on Twitter, like, you know, patting herself on the back, where she submit a public records request <laughs> for the ballot affidavit, uh, ballot affidavits, right? And it's like, dude, do you think that we're stupid? This is totally just a grift. It's totally just a performative measure to make yourself look good because you sit there with subpoena power and you're issuing a public records request, which you know Maricopa County is not going to comply with. I mean, we know that for sure because, well, we the People AZ Alliance submit one, the Gateway Pundit submit one, and they didn't comply with that. So we know they're not going to comply with it. And then what are you going to do then? I mean, you have the power to subpoena, but you issued a public records request. So the Arizona Senate, they're notorious for making these, you know, uh, basically just just doing something that trying to make it look like they're doing something when, in fact, they're not. And I hope that this is not the case with Sonny Borelli. But, you know, these people have taught me who they are many, many times. Um. One person, one vote says, hey, at least Sonny bringing this up may make more people think about election machines transparency. There is that. There's also the fact that, as I stated before, this, the, the legislature has plenary power over elections. This whole concept of a governor vetoing 
election measures passed by the legislature is unconstitutional. It always has been and it always will be. So we need some sort of court decision, Supreme Court decision, an opinion that would declare this so that this doesn't happen going forward. And then these states that have overwhelmingly Republican-led legislatures, but a, a Democrat governor or a rhino governor, that would no longer be an issue. You know, Katie Hobbs, I believe that the running tally is 84 vetoes since she assumed office. She is the veto queen. She is a dictator. She is defying the will of the people every chance that she gets, particularly with election integrity measures. So like I said, I hope this ends up in court. Um, and with that said, we're, we're going to follow this and we are going to uh, keep you guys posted. But we're going to move on to the next story. But before we do that, be sure to smash that rumble button, baby. And check out preparewithnickmosteater.com. Are you concerned about having enough food to eat in case of a sudden emergency? Grocery stores can get stripped bare within hours, and if you don't have backup food on hand, you might find yourself standing in food lines. Don't let that happen. My Patriot Supply is making a special offer to help everyone prepare for what might be coming. Right now, you can go to preparewithnickbocedar.com and get a three-month emergency food kit plus a free water filtration system so no matter what happens, you have access to clean water to drink with and cook your food with. Your three-month food kit gives you a wide variety of delicious meals and it provides over 2,000 calories a day, which is highly important for keeping up your energy. Order today and get your free gravity-powered water filtration system, a $279 value as a bonus gift. The food kit and your water filter are all shipped to your doorstep in discreet boxes with free shipping included. Go to preparewithnickmoseeder.com. That's preparewithnickmoseeder.com. Now, I am Goldstein asked uh, to define plenary, please. Well, I don't have the Webster's definition on hand, but basically it means that the legislature has the absolute authority over elections. That's how the Founding Fathers intended it. There, There's not supposed to be some other entity, branch of government, that can override their authority uh, they should be able to pass, you know, election integrity measures, legislate how elections are conducted, and the governor should not be able to interfere with that, nor a court for that matter. So that's my understanding. Uh, oh, one person, one vote gives us a definition. Plenary power, A, plenary power or plenary authority is a complete and absolute power to take action on a particular issue with no limitations. Correct. Boom. There we go. From a dictionary. And I was pretty close, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and do do a, do a Wendy Rogers and pat myself on the back. All right, now let's talk about John Paulos, the CEO of Dominion, telling Time Magazine that, you know, he says it's it's just a matter of time before Dominion goes to zero, belly up, collapse completely. And this makes absolutely no sense. So here's the Time article. Um... Dominion CEO predicts business ultimately goes to zero because of 2020 election lies. So he's blaming all you election deniers out there for putting the pressure on your elected officials to get rid of the voting machines and spreading false claims about election fraud. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with, you know, it's got nothing to do with the fact that, well, your machines have been proven to be able to connect to the Internet. Uh, we've had demonstration after demonstration of people hacking into the machines, flipping votes, changing the outcome of elections with the click of a button or a USB drive, and you have completely fought transparency at every step of the way since the 2020 election. 
It's got nothing to do with that. It's it's because of these election deniers spreading false claims about the security of the Dominion voting systems, right? It's all your fault. So, anyways, let's talk about John Paulo's prediction here and how it, it, it just makes no sense. Okay, they just received a settlement for $787 million with Fox News. Again, 12 times their annual revenue. They just got more money than Dominion has ever seen before. And for those that don't know, uh, Dominion is owned by a hedge fund, Staple Street Capital, which is often confused with State Street Corporation, which is owned by BlackRock. Uh, Dominion is a private company owned by a hedge fund. Now, that hedge fund, the people behind it have ties to the Carlisle Group, which is owned by BlackRock. But that's a whole nother rabbit trail we're not going to go down today. But anyways, uh, I believe that the CEO of Staple Street Capital said, you know, with all this money that we just got, we've got big, big plans for the future, you know? But then you have Dominion CEO John Paulo saying that they're in a death spiral and they just can't stay afloat. And it makes no sense, uh, you know, like saying that the demonization of the company is is going to cause all these counties across the country to not renew their contracts with Dominion. Because basically what he's saying is all this backlash makes it so it, it creates a climate, an environment where... So the Dominion voting systems have a life of about eight years, apparently. And so a lot of these counties are under contract. But when that c- contract is up, when the Dominion machines become obsolete and it's time to replace them, they're saying, you know, he's saying a lot of the counties are just going to be like, you know what, it's not worth the headache. All my constituents are going to give me hell if I buy more Dominion machines and it's it's better for us to just go with a different company, right? Um, and I, I, so in this article, I believe he cites Shasta County, California as proof of that. That's what he's basing his prediction off of, you know, Shasta County ditched the voting equipment and they're going to go to hand counted paper ballots. But the fact that one small rural County out of the entire country decided to ditch dominion is hardly evidence that they're in a death spiral, if you ask me. Because meanwhile, many of the other counties in the swing states, including Maricopa, have recently replaced all their Dominion machines with more Dominion machines. Katie Hobbs replaced them after the Cyber Ninja's audit um, based on imaginary threats that the Cyber Ninja's could have tampered with the machines. Right, and and they procured like a ten million dollar contract to replace them in Maricopa, one of the biggest counties in the country, and then you know Pennsylvania Secretary of State replaced the Fulton County voting machines after Wake TSI conducted an investigation. So that's just two I can think of off the top of my head. But numerous counties have replaced their Dominion machines with more Dominion machines, and so in reality. The 2020 election debacle and all these false claims from election deniers, it's been extremely profitable for Dominion, right? And again, on top of that, they just received $787 million. So spare me the tears, you whiny baby back bitch, John Paulos. I don't buy it for one second. Uh, uh, they Again, they have multiple defam- defamation suits ongoing, including with Newsmax and OAN and 
I think Mike Lindell. I don't I don't know the list off the top of my head, but they're suing like five other entities for one point six billion dollars. And so here's what I think is happening. I think there's a couple things going on here. And uh, for one thing, think about it. You know, you're you're suing all these people, claiming that you've lost so much money, and so you're you're filing a defamation lawsuit to try to recuperate the losses that have been caused from all the false information that's been spread about your company, right? So, if you're trying to be compensated for damages, you have to claim damages, right? So, if if you're out there raking in the cash, and the reality is you haven't actually lost a dime it's going to be hard to win a defamation suit you have to you have to show damages so paulos is trying to make a case that dominion is suffering due to all the election deniers and and false stories and and donald trump because he has to do that in order to cash in you know it, it's 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 about it's partially about money you know in the on because like if you just look at the numbers, Dominion hasn't lost a dime. If anything, they've made money. And so he has to make a prediction projecting that Dominion's going to go to zero. So that he, you know, they can be compensated for the projected losses. And so uh, that's one important thing to consider. When you're looking for an explanation for why is he saying this. But the other thing is that it's very possible that Dominion is planning to rebrand the company completely. Um, and the reason I say that is because this that wouldn't be the first time that the, the country faced a massive voting scandal uh, relating to the election equipment, and the, uh, the, the vendor proceeded to repackage and rebrand themselves and move from one shell company to another following a big scandal. I mean, before Dominion, there was Sequoia, right? And and Dominion purchased Sequoia following a big voting scandal. And before Sequoia, there was Diebold. And so so uh, Sequoia purchased Diebold, and Dominion purchased Sequoia. And this this happens each time there's a massive scandal. They just sell off their assets to another shell company and go by a different name, and then continue to use the same voting systems with the same people in charge under a different name. So maybe Dominion is planning to cash in big time, then transfer their assets to another shell company. And uh, I think that's a very likely scenario considering the fact that it's happened uh, multiple times before. Now, a third possibility comes from Aaron Clements from the New Mexico Audit Force uh, Telegram page that I want to share with you, and she is absolutely brilliant, and I think she is much more knowledgeable about this than I am, but I'm just going to read what she says. And there's actually a diagram on her Telegram page, which you can look at yourself. And she says, uh, quote, The election-stealing cabal, led by the DHS CIS, the Center for Internet Security, and the entire radical left globalist cabal, we're already well on their way to phasing out clunky tabulators and replacing them with a single system that controls everything about your elections from campaign finance to voter registration to election night reporting and coming up. Are with you concerned about having enough food to eat? And- 
My bad. My bad. I switched scenes. It played my ad again. My bad. Uh, <laughs> should I start over? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so anyways, they're already planning to get rid of the clunky tabulators and switch to a system that controls everything, okay? From campaign finance to voter registration to election night reporting and coming up with a sanitized audit trail. So basically, what she's saying here is that there's a larger scheme already underway to take the momentum from the demonization of the uh, voting equipment, right, and use that to implement an entirely new system which consolidates even more power into the hands of a few people. And uh, I'd say that's plausible as well. So there's a lot of possibilities out there, but the very least likely scenario, in my estimation, my brilliant analysis, the very least likely scenario is that Dominion is in fear of collapsing. That's not even close to what's going on here. Not even in the ballpark. You know, you don't you don't get 12 times your annual revenue, which sets a precedent for the five other defamation suits, procure $10 million contracts, and then say that you're predicting your company is going to collapse. It just, that's not how it works, John. Johnny boy, you corrupt piece of crap. But anyways, I digress. So, uh, I guess this, the, I guess what I'm trying to say here is don't be so quick to jump for joy. Always, always look for the bait and switch when you're dealing with corrupt criminals that rig elections. There's always, uh, there's always a nefarious agenda at foot. Nothing they say can be taken at face value. Now, with that said, we're going to uh, talk about Trump's defamation lawsuit against the Washington Post, but of course, smash that rumble button and uh, check out our sponsor. As you get older, your body starts to break down. You experience things like wrinkles, your hair gets thinner, your joints become stiff, your recovery from activity slows down, and most of us just associate this with getting older. However, scientists have discovered that a big reason for this is because your body is producing less collagen as you get older. By the time you're middle age, you could be producing less than half of the collagen you did in your youth. However, the good news is research is now showing that you can increase your body's collagen levels again by consuming more collagen in your diet. Biotrust Ageless Multi-Collagen includes all of the right types of collagen for healthy, youthful-looking skin, joint health, bone health, and gut health. And when you use the link in the description, you can get 51% off of your supply of Ageless Multi-Collagen today. Collagen may be the closest thing we have to a fountain of youth. And if you want the age-defying benefits, use the link in the description today, save 51% off, and you can renew and revitalize the way you look and feel. All right, I'm going to switch scenes. Hopefully my ad doesn't play again. Yes! All right, sweet. We did it. Nick Moseter, the tech tard, has figured it out. All right. So let's talk about this. So Trump's uh, Truth Social Media firm has filed a $3.78 billion defamation lawsuit against the Washington Post. Now, the Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos. So technically, Trump is suing Jeff Bezos. And I, I got to say, good luck with that. Uh, wish him the best. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that guy owns the world. Now... The Washington, why, why is he filing this lawsuit? Well, the Washington Post published a fake news article uh, that was based on information provided to the Washington Post from a former TMTG employee, Will Wilkerson. Now, you may know the backstory, you may not. 
But uh, among other things, they accused TMTG of money laundering and security fraud, saying that TMTG and uh, DWAC had backroom discussions about a merger that they didn't disclose to the SEC, which apparently is illegal. And also that they received investment capital from a bank called ES Family Trust, which is basically a bank that deals uh, with porn, uh, adult entertainment websites, and they didn't disclose that to the SEC either. These are allegations, right? Um, now, so, so with the porn thing, basically what they alleged is that Trump's media company took out an $8 million loan in exchange for stock... Right, um, the ES Family Trust Bank allegedly pledged to stake to, uh, to 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 buy a stake in the company in exchange for the loan. Right, but nobody told the SEC. Now, um, a lot of this information that was published by the Guardian and the Washington Post came from Will Wilkerson, who filed an SEC whistleblower complaint against TMTG. And then took the documents from the complaint and leaked them to the Washington Post and the Guardian. So, um, by filing this defamation lawsuit, TMTG, the parent company of Truth Social, is attempting to recuperate the money loss from the the damage to its reputation. I mean, you know, $3.78 billion may seem like a lot, and it is. But, in the grand scheme of things, when you consider the fact that the SEC... Uh, started investigating TMTG and the fake news media started running these stories about these allegations, this has scared off a lot of investors and advertisers from the platform. And it also put a a hold, uh, a delay, on this massive merger between TMTG and the special acquisition company DWAC. Right? So... Forcing the merger to be put on hold uh, because of this SEC investigation is causing Truth Social to bleed out tons of money and completely threatens the survival of the the platform as a whole. Now, I want to read a paragraph or two from this article that says, The case was filed uh, late Saturday night in Sarasota County, Florida, which alleges that far-left WAPO published false and defamatory statements about the Truth Social platform its CEO, Devin Nunes, and former President Trump, damaging its reputation and causing significant financial harm. The suit alleges that WAPO's latest defamation creates an existential threat for TMTG, causing enormous loss. TMTG brings this case to recover special damages to its business and goodwill actual injury to its name and reputation and punitive damages for WAPO's gross misconduct. The lawsuit centers around an article released by the Washington Post, which reportedly obtained information from Will Wilkerson, a former employee of TMTG, who is also the source of the Guardian's money laundering story. Um, so, yeah, so 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 here's what happened, right? The Washington Post, the Guardian, and this guy Will Wilkerson conspired together to completely sabotage the company. You know, the whole goal for TMTG, the parent company of Truth Social, was to become a publicly traded company uh, because that way they would get tons of in, uh, investment capital and, and take Truth Social to the next level. That was the plan from the start. 
the from the launch of Truth Social, right? Even before it launched. Um, and they plan to do that by merging with effectively a shell company called DWAC. Now, DWAC is a SPAC, a special acquisition company, which is often referred to as a blank check company. And what these SPACs do is they offer sort of a shortcut into making a company uh, publicly traded. So DWAC first went public, uh, the SPAC, they went public, and they raised a ton of money through something called an IPO. And they had the intention to then merge with with, uh, TMTG. Now, this would have allowed Truth Social to acquire like $1.3 billion through this merger and obviously propelled them to a much higher level of success, right? Because it actually costs money to host the platform and, you know, pay all these employees and $1.3 billion would allow them to hire engineers and, and completely revamp the platform itself and expand as a business. But the SEC opened an investigation into the merger accusing TMTG and DWAC of having discussions behind the scenes before DWAC raised all that money. And apparently that's illegal. I, I don't know much about it, but that's what I read, right? I guess you're not supposed to have merger discussions before the IPO. Um, so you have an open SEC investigation, and then comes Will Wilkerson. This guy, Will Wilkerson, was a saboteur from the get-go, okay? He was one of the first employees of True Social, and he actually became the vice president of operations. So he was pretty high up on the ladder in the beginning stages of Truth Social. Um, and it really makes you wonder, <laughs> it makes you wonder how the hell this guy got in that position in the first place, you know? Once again, Trump uh, being set up or, you know, lacking discernment in who he, he surrounds himself with. Uh, but this guy was a saboteur. He, after, you know, it, it, it was announced that the SEC was investigating the merger uh, Will Wilkerson went and filed a complaint to the SEC uh, as a whistleblower to basically try to help them sabotage the company and prevent this merger. So Wilkerson collected a shitload of emails, text messages, documents, even audio recordings of the other employees, which he'd apparently been collecting the entire time he was with the company. So he's just like spying on everybody and and collecting evidence and then gave that over to the SEC. And uh, one of the things that he alleged is that Trump tried to pressure him into handing over his shares of the company to Melania Trump and all this all this stuff. Right. Um, And so he went to The Washington Post and handed all these documents over to them, which allowed The Washington Post to run a story alleging that the company relied on, quote, fraudulent misrepresentations in violation of federal securities laws. So, you know, this is happening while a big merger is pending. And then DWAC, uh, because now they're part of an investigation, starts getting hit with subpoenas. Uh, The deal gets put on hold, which causes True Social to struggle because they were planning... (coughs) Let me get a sip of water. They were planning on having all this money come in, and then the deal was put on hold and delayed, 
and they were struggling to stay afloat, you know? So Truth Social is hemorrhaging uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, and ultimately the board of DWAC fired the CEO of the company, Patrick Orlando, uh, I think relating to all this. So DWAC uh, basically said it, it could p- potentially liquidate if it doesn't complete this merger, you know? And uh, so, yeah, basically, Trump wants to recuperate that money. Not just to set the record straight, but also because, of you know, to ensure the survival of Truth Social, which hangs in the balance, thanks to this SEC complaint and investigation and the fake news stories that have been put out there. Um, and what's interesting about this, you may think to yourself, ah, it's the corrupt judicial system. It's just going to be shut down. It's not going to go anywhere. Well, uh, it's filed in Sarasota County, Sarasota County, Florida. And that was not done by accident, right? Um, the, the Washington Post is actually a Delaware-based company, but Trump and his attorneys are intentionally filing it in Florida because he knows that the judicial system, as well as the appellate court secret, uh, circuit, is a different story than what you'd get, you know, in, in Manhattan and Washington, D.C. Um, in, the, in the complaint, which I read earlier, they even talk about how, you know, even though the Washington Post is based in Delaware, they still have millions of readers in Florida, you know, and, and Twitter followers in Florida. So the damage, they're, they're trying to make the case that the damage occurred in the state of Florida. And so clearly they're filing this with a purpose uh, in, in Florida. And, uh, even though we see massive corruption in the judicial system, perhaps it'll be different due to the venue that it has been filed in. And so, yeah, I wish him the best of luck, best of luck there. And I hope that, uh, truth social, I wish truth social, all the success in the world as a platform. We need alternatives to Twitter as it's starting to look like Elon Musk is a Trojan horse, you know, handing the company over to a CEO that is, not just tied to the World Economic Forum, but like sits on the board at the World Economic Forum. And I still, you know, this whole promise that we're all going to get our Twitters back, I still haven't gotten mine back. And I still see censorship happening on a regular basis. So Truth Social being an option is very important, as well as Rumble being an option is very important. And there's efforts to prevent that for a reason, because... They want to maintain centralized control over the narrative. And these alternative platforms allow us a a voice and the ability to actually not just disseminate information, but also organize, you know, platforms like Telegram. And so, uh, you know, the SEC, Washington Post, saboteurs from inside the company, they want to take True Social down. And Trump is fighting back. So we wish him the best of luck. Now, that's... uh, That's about all the news I got. Make sure to smash that rumble button. And I want to ask you guys a question. So Behizzy, Behizzy, he started playing chess, right? That's his new hobby. And he actually wants me to do a live stream where I whoop his little behind on a live stream playing chess. And I guess we would just uh, cut it up and have a good time and and talk and whatnot while we play chess. But uh, he's, he's invited me to set up a dual stream where... You know, he streams it on his channel, I stream it on mine, and uh, it sounds fun, it sounds fun, but 
I haven't committed to it yet. I want to know what my audience thinks. Because that's definitely outside of the realm of the things we normally do on this channel. But, could be fun. What do you guys think? Alright, now I'm going to take a second to read some Rumble Rants. Alright, I'm done. <laughs> we don't have any Rumble Rants. We don't get Rumble Rants. No, we did get a big Rumble Rant during the Carrie Lake trial. We got... I forget her name, and I, I should, I should, I should remember it and have it posted on my wall or something. But she sent us like a hundred dollars as the biggest rumble rant we ever got on this channel, and I was super grateful, and uh, made my day. Really made my day. But I watch all these other guys on Rumble, and they do their show, and then they're like, "All right, time for some rumble rants." So, anyways, I just, uh, just goofing off at this point. But we're gonna go. We're going to go live again probably tomorrow sometime. Not sure when, pending that we have some stories to talk about. Today I almost didn't go live because I was like, the biggest story right now is Trump filed a defamation lawsuit against the Washington Post. I don't know if I could talk about that for 45 minutes. But then, you know, you got Sonny Borelli out here trying to override a Katie Hobbs veto and get rid of the Dominion machines. I said, let's go, baby. Now that's a story. All right, we got a couple of answers in the chat. I am Goldstein says, do it. Suzette uh, says, I'd watch. All right, all right. I'm much better at chess than Behizzi, by the way. We've already established that. We played a game, one game. And on chess.com, you, you get like a rating. There's a rating system. And my rating is close to 1,000, which isn't that good. But Behizzi's is like 400. So he's like a total noob. And, yeah, I, I whooped him one good time, you know, and just established my dominance. So if he wants to do a live stream where I do that for like an hour, uh, let's do it. <laughs> uh, oh, Bowden Nilsson, Bowden Nilsson, $5 Rumble Rant says, When does the news about the lake trial come out? Thank you for the Rumble Rant. Five dollars, I appreciate it. And so what's happening with the Carrie Lake trial is Judge Thompson, we had the trial which concluded on Friday, and Judge Thompson is going to take his decision under advisement, which means he's going to wait for that George Soros money to clear his bank account before ultimately dismissing the case. <laughs> yeah, I'm. look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. So the decision isn't going to come out for probably a week or two. Uh, but let's remember, this is the same judge that dismissed the count on latches in the first place and gave his dismissal of the first trial on Christmas Eve without a hearing just to slap us all down on Christmas Day. Like, that's the judge we're dealing with here. The Supreme Court, they um, overturned his dismissal of the count three on latches, but here's what he did. He allowed it into his courtroom allowed a trial, but he set the parameters of the trial where Carrie Lake had to prove not just that the... So, I swear, I, I'm like a broken record. I've said this so many times, but I'm going to repeat myself again. I want to make it very clear. So, Carrie Lake's original complaint, she included evidence from Shelby Bush from the 2020 election, where Shelby Bush conducted a review of uh, most of the ballot affidavits from 2020 and showed 260,000 or so bad signatures. She included that in her complaint and, and said that uh, 
nothing's changed since 2020, and therefore the same process was used, and there is likely fraud, bad signatures in 2022. And she included the opinion from General Brnovich, who said that the signature verification conducted in 2020 was wholly insufficient. The average verification took like two seconds, and that's not nearly enough. Um, she included that. She also included the evidence from the whistleblowers who claimed, you know, like at level three, they were expecting 15,000 ballots on their desk for curing, and they only got 800 or 1,000. Uh, multiple whistleblowers alleging basically the the crux of her argument was that bad signatures were being approved in Maricopa County, which you would think would prompt a, a review of the actual ballot av- affidavit envelope signatures because Carrie Lake was claiming bad signatures were being approved in favor of Katie Hobbs, right? That's So that was her complaint. And what she wanted to do was prove that, you know, 100,000 or 200,000 bad Katie Hobbs signatures were approved so that she could uh, compel the judge to set aside the election results because these are illegal ballots. But Judge Thompson did not allow a review of the ballot affidavit uh, signatures. Instead, what he did was task Carrie Lake with proving that... There was no signature verification conducted whatsoever at level two or level three. And the lack of signature verification uh, altered the outcome of the election, right? And this was absolutely retarded because how, how is she supposed to do that without a review of the affidavit signatures? You can't prove that the election outcome would have been different simply by proving that there was no signature verification, right? Like, you can sit there and make an argument in court that, hey, 274,000 ballots were approved in less than three seconds, 70,000 ballots were approved in less than two seconds with a 99.87% approval rate. We have an expert witness, Eric Spikine, forensic document analyst and signature uh, comparison expert, who says it's impossible to validate a signature in under three seconds and therefore all these signatures were illegally approved you can prove all that in court and maybe if you're lucky the judge will look at that and be like yeah you know what there wasn't a signature verification conducted in arizona um but you still haven't proven that the outcome of the election would have been different because you actually have to show X amount of illegal votes for Katie Hobbs, X amount of legal votes for Carrie Lake were not counted, and the judge purposefully did not allow Carrie Lake to make uh, to to put that evidence on trial. And so what he did was he set up the parameters in in a way that set an impossible burden on Carrie Lake, so that he could allow the count to go to trial, but not really allow the count to go to trial. So that ultimately he could side with the county um, because, you know, he's a corrupt judge. So in, in a week or two, I would anticipate almost 1,000%. I'll say a 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
that the judge will dismiss this case and ultimately Carrie Lake's going to have to appeal it. But the thing is, Carrie Lake's going to appeal it, but what's she going to appeal? What is she going to appeal? The, the, uh, the Supreme Court in Arizona already affirmed Judge Thompson's prior decision to place a clear and convincing standard on Carrie Lake in the first trial. So I know that's confusing, but basically, in the first trial, the judge allowed two counts to go to trial, one about chain of custody and one about um, the voter disenfranchisement. And the in that trial, the judge set a burden on Carrie Lake, which was also unrealistic, the clear and convincing standard, which basically means that um, you have to prove the election was stolen not based on a mere speculation, but by a competent mathematical basis. And that was completely ridiculous, illogical, and flew in the face of 100 years of court precedent, setting a clear and convincing standard on Lake um, was was a wrong decision in the first place. But the Arizona Supreme Court so, so Carrie Lake challenged that in her appeal, her original appeal, and the Arizona Supreme Court affirmed Judge Thompson's standard and said that he was correct by setting the clear and convincing standard on Lake. So what's she going to appeal? I mean, if you, if, you, if you appeal, basically you're saying that the judge erred in his decision. Well, they've already affirmed the standard that he set, and so, what's she going to appeal? Is she going to appeal Judge Thompson's decision to dismiss uh, count three? Well, they're not going to overturn that. Because uh, even I would admit that Carrie Lake has failed to meet the burden of proving that the outcome of the election would have been different. Now, I, I know that's confusing. Maybe I could have explained that better. But um, I'm not... I'm not optimistic with, with the Carrie Lake case, the trial. Uh, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm just being, I'm being frank. You know, I'm being frank with you, being honest. I'm not at all optimistic that Judge Thompson is going to rule in favor of the plaintiff. And I have millions of reasons to to, to believe that. And on appeal... Carrie Lake and her attorneys should have appealed prior to the trial. Um, challenged this this burden. This this the the judge said. So uh, it's it's a little confusing. Like when you go to trial, you're, you're you're crafting a legal argument that's based on prior court decisions, and there was one case called Reyes, which alleged that there was uh, no signature verification whatsoever. And the judge said that Carrie Lake has narrowed her complaint into one of Reyes and therefore must prove that there was no signature verification whatsoever. So he said Carrie Lake has narrowed her complaint and that was his justification for setting this burden on Carrie Lake. But instead of actually challenging that 
they proceeded to try to argue, make craft an argument based on Reyes. I don't know, man. I'm not look, I know what I know what I'm thinking in my head, but as far as articulating it to you guys, it's a little difficult because it's 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 complicated. It's complicated stuff, but um you know, you asked me a question, you paid me five dollars to answer it. I I did my best. I did my best. Alright, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna shut down the live stream. I wanna thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Please remember to smash that rumble button. Check out nicklovesgold.com and preparewithnickmoseheater.com. And, of course, check out mypillow.com and enter promo code Nick. You can save a ton of money on the best sleep products on the market. And, uh, anyways, thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.